Thriving in divorce and beyond means not having to worry about the safety of your children when it comes to co-parenting. With alcohol abuse on the rise, many co-parents are turning to the system committed to providing proof, protection, and peace of mind. Soberlink's alcohol monitoring system is the most convenient, reliable, and reasonable way for a parent to provide evidence that they are not drinking during parenting time. Soberlink's real-time alerts, facial recognition, and tamper detection ensure the integrity of each test so you can be confident your kids are with a sober parent. With Soberlink, judges rest assured that your child is safe, attorneys get court-admissible evidence of sobriety, and both parents have empowerment and peace of mind. Pull back the curtain on the mysteries of parenting time and trust the experts in remote alcohol monitoring technology to keep you informed and your kids safe and secure. To download the resource I created with Soberlink, Divorce and Addiction, A Guide to Move Forward, visit www.soberlink.com backslash Susan. Coming up on today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. That feeling of being disappointed that something you thought was going to happen isn't happening. That is an experience that we have to be connected to and, and, and understand and process. And I think people have lots of different ways of processing it. Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce, and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process, so listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. And as you can see, if you're watching the video, we have our very favorite Dr. Elizabeth Cohen back with us today. And I'm so happy, Dr. Elizabeth, that you are back. We just spent a little bit of time catching up and talking about what our topic would be today. And I have to tell you, these episodes where you come on are a gift for me as well as my listeners because your insights on you know the the issues around divorce the emotional issues around divorce um, are helpful but really just on that broad spectrum of everything that we are dealing with in life and you and I were talking about it so first as always let me thank you for taking the time to come here and speak with me and my listeners oh Susan thank you so much for having me and I think it is so um, amazing that you give these um, broader topics time on your podcast because you, I mean I just see how much you're holding and containing and taking care of your audience. So thanks for having me and being so I can be part of that. Yeah, well, and you know you are a huge part of it. The episodes that I've done that go beyond really sort of the divorce scope often include you. We've had some wonderful episodes um, on a myriad of issues talking about depression and anxiety, um, divorce, depression, and anxiety, and COVID. And most recently, you and I got together back in March of this year, one year of COVID, and we were talking about 
the emotional content around the emergence from quarantine, the emergence from the pandemic, because in March and April, things were looking hopeful. Things were looking, you know, vaccines had come out. I think I had just gotten um, one of mine. I then got my second one. I know you had gotten yours. And I was really feeling kind of, you know, like it's over. Life is going to start again. And now we're here in September and we're back in quarantine. In many cases, I was just explaining to you, you know, um, Chicago is full on masking again, full on um, social distancing in restaurants and public places. And I'm back in my house, you know, back staying inside and... You know, the world has gotten even um, more difficult around these topics because people are now becoming very polarized around the issue. So, you know, I, I wanted to talk to you about this because I feel like there's a huge trauma component to this. There's a huge, huge emotional component to this. Um, I know members of my own family are struggling with mental health issues because of this mm-hmm. and the extension of this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were talking about how hard it is. You know, it's been on children and families. So, you know, let's just dive in. What What are you seeing around all of uh, you know how people are feeling and the difficulties of having to go back into quarantine? Yeah, I can't. <laughs> Perfect timing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So good at all. Okay. Okay. Ready? Okay. Um, so I was just think, reflecting that um, my private practice in New York City um, is seeing double the amount of referrals that we saw even last year at this time. Um, and there, I want to say to the audience that. One of the emotions we've talked about how anger is one of the emotions people struggle with. Another one is disappointment. And I think that a lot of people are uncomfortable saying what you were just sharing that, dang, I'm so disappointed. Like in March and April, we were told we were on a certain course. I remember I live in New York City when we didn't have to wear masks in the elevator and in the lobby. And so walking the dogs, I didn't have to try to get the dogs and the mask and the sunglasses and the phone. And I thought, this is, this is freedom. Can I, is this really happening? I really felt like, you know, you have to pinch me. This, this can't really be happening. So there was a part of me. And I think a lot of us that was protective, kind of unsure. Um, And many people deal with uncertainty in different ways. So some people, myself included, deal with uncertainty with more anxiety. So I don't, I am cautious about it. Some people deal with uncertainty with like, you never know, I'm just going to do it, right? So that was, we talked about like some of these people who were just doing everything as if it was completely over without any precautions. And I think the question, and this is a life, I think this is a time really of life lessons because COVID is a microcosm for the struggles of life. We were just talking about some of our personal ones, right? Right. So when you get disappointed, when things become uncertain, when things change for the worse, how do you how do you manage that? And do you let yourself have your feelings? Do you let yourself feel deeply disappointed? A client of mine just said to me, um, we're recording this the week after 
the first Jewish holiday of Rosh Hashanah. Tomorrow is Yom Kippur. And they said, this is the second high holidays that most of the temples have been streaming live. And I have chills when I, when I say that because this chronicity, like this feeling of still in it um, is painful in and of itself. But as you pointed out, when you thought you were going to be out of it. And as we're talking, I'm so reminded of the divorce process, right? This feeling of, right? Like I, I have a client now, like I, we were three weeks away from signing. We were about to be done, whatever that meant. And then something else came in, you know, doesn't want to pay for private school or something like go back to mediation or back to court. That feeling of being disappointed that something you thought was going to happen isn't happening. That is an experience that we have to be connected to and, and, and understand and process. And I think people have lots of different ways of processing it. And that's, you know, as you're saying this, I'm thinking about that, that, you know, this, this experience that we're all going through right now is truly a microcosm of dealing with disappointment, dealing with when things don't work out the way that we think they're going to work out. And that happens in divorce, as you just described. So many people out there who are listening can probably say, yeah, I thought we had an agreement and then they walked it back or they something else came up. And it happens for us in so many ways in our lives. I think there's something about this particular instance with with COVID because of the extremes involved mm-hmm. and becoming, because of the... Yeah, you called it an existential uh, trauma in in one of our episodes on this. I think that it's so heightened, yes. and so with that have come additional heightened emotions, and and that goes back to that. Although there's a lot of disappointment, there is a lot of anger going on for people right now. I mean, you see these, and and I don't want to get into the the discussion of it, and you know, sure. you know, we have our viewpoint on it. That's not what I want to talk about, but what I see over and over again, both in people on the street who start arguing about something and like the school boards arguing yeah. about mass policy, such anger, yeah, irrational yeah. anger yeah. Um, on both sides, maybe. So yeah. what's going on with that anger? Yeah. So this is a very shrink answer, but I'm going to say it, which is that because that's I, what, what else can I do? That's the only kind of answers I can have. Um, I believe that what's happening is anger and trauma, the fight response is coming out sideways. That people are not really allowing themselves to sit with a safe, safe person, a peer, a family member, a clergy member, and talk about their disappointment like the, and the fear and the trauma. And when we don't do that, it comes out sideways and we get angry at, the school or the administration or the person down the street. I just heard yesterday was the first day that New York enforced, you have to be vaccinated to go indoors to a restaurant. And I think there were like a hundred restraining orders already filed. I mean, it's, it's, it's like people are just so understandably traumatized and angry and upset. And it's coming out in all these ways. And you see that in divorce too, right? Like that if you don't, we've talked about this, like if you don't process your own feelings, you, they come out sideways at your lawyer or at, you know, somebody who you're buying your coffee from, that it really, we have to own our feelings. And I think we haven't, you know, really allowed ourselves to own the pain 
and the disappointment. You know, fear is in the media. So I guess we talk about that a little bit more, you know, um, and anger is in the media, but like real disappointment, real um, sadness, grief. I mean, that's the other piece, right, Susan, that we've talked about, but I just heard the number, which is astonishing of how many people have passed from COVID. Like we are, we are sitting and marinating in grief. And if we know, if you know anyone who hasn't processed their grief, as therapists, we call it complicated grief, it's anger that you see. And so we all have grief for what's happening. You know, in, in January 2020, we had we thought the next few years were going to be very different. We've had to grieve so much. And I think you can either lean into that grief or be so resistant to acknowledging it that it comes out sideways as rage and anger. Yeah. So you say it and it makes so much sense to me because we have talked about this in the context of divorce in that you cannot tamp down your feelings. You have to, I think the phrase you used was you have to feel it to heal it. You have to, you know, bring your emotions out, acknowledge them um, and deal with them in order to heal from them or they just fester and come out that in that sideways fashion. But I think another complicating factor is how hard it is to get help right now. Um, How you just said, how busy is your practice right now? I mean, I have to, I'm trying to hire two new people to see more clients. I mean, it's, it's just because the other, the other piece is that we've been in this hypervigilant. So separate from the disappointment of what happened in March, we have been in a constant cortisol infused nervous system for now 18 months. And that does something to your ability to problem solve, to relax, to sleep, to eat, to be in relationships. Um, it is, it's, we are in a chronic state of trauma right now. And the other feeling that um, is coming up a lot is this feeling of a foreshortened future, which is actually a symptom of depression that we that we use to categorize it. But it's so clear. It's like people can't plan anything. And planning and getting excited for things was a is a very important coping strategy for difficult feelings and people don't have that. So there is, so the feelings are being tamped down and there's no outlet. That's, you know, a recipe for an explosion. Which is all we see people having. All we see people having now. My kids just went back to school after 18 months and we got the most beautiful, I thought the most beautiful email from the principal on the first day, early in the day and said, I wanted today to be a day of re-entry, reconnecting and safety. I totally screwed up and it wasn't that. I am so sorry. I take full responsibility. It was the most like admirable, honest, you know, email. So many parents were enraged. Like, of course, they haven't been in school for 18 months. It's COVID. They're humans, right? Like we don't allow, you know, if we don't allow our feelings, we're going to take everything out on other people. And we're going to think they're the, they're the reason for our problem. Like other people are not the reasons for our problems. It's appropriate to have problems with a global pandemic. We, we just don't want to have them anymore. We 100%. wanted them to go away and that's the disappointment, right? 100%. We wanted this to be over. And here's the thing. The more you hook your anger into another person, the longer it lives. Kind of like COVID, I guess. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's a laugh, but very true. Exactly. Like if you let it run through you and you, you think, wow, of course I'm angry. Of course, I'm so frustrated that I can't do these things. Just to sit with it. I've shared with your audience before, sitting with emotions, 90 seconds, it will move through you. You COVID won't be over, but you won't be so triggered. And that feeling won't be so close to the surface all the time. You will allow it to be processed and metabolized. And you might have to process it over and over and over. And that is okay. That's what going through life is. If anyone's faced a divorce, an illness, a loss of a family member, a crisis, that's what it is. It's one hour at a time, allowing yourself to feel the feelings. Yeah. You know, there's something in, I'm just thinking as we're talking here, you just said we've been in COVID for 18 months. It's been an up and down bumpy ride. Well, guess what else kind of looks like that? The divorce process. The 18 months is kind of average. Up and down is kind of average. Lots of negative emotions, kind of what happens in totally not knowing what your future is going to look like. And this, right, this kind of re, we're going to, everyone's going to be great. We're going to re-enter. Are those days when you go on like an awesome date and you think, thank God I'm divorced. This is so great. And then that relationship doesn't work out. And you think, oh my God, why did I get divorced? I should have stayed together. Like, yes, these are the ups and downs of a hugely traumatic experience that you're going through. Like it's normal to feel these ups and downs and they suck. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm feeling them too, but just not pushing them away and not putting them on somebody else. Yeah. Which is, you know, where I think it is so, so, and and certainly, you know, the media has that tendency to sensationalize things, but they have a lot to sensationalize right now. There's an awful lot going on. So for those who are listening, because yeah. this is your this is your gift. For those yeah. who are listening, who are saying, "Wow, this this is all ringing true for me." Mm-hmm. I am feeling anger. I am feeling disappointment. I am feeling the trauma and the ongoing, you know, just bumpy ride here. What can they do? Yeah. So here, I was just about to say, I want to give some tools to people. So first of all, acknowledging that this is a difficult time is important. So I recommend to my clients, um, you know, when, when reconnecting to someone or someone texts you and says, how's it going? Always put in a sentence like, as you can imagine, it's a bumpy road. Like some sort of acknowledgement of the challenge. It doesn't have to be things are terrible, but just acknowledging the mixed bag. Something like doing pretty well today, yesterday was another story, or I have no idea how tomorrow will be. So really just, you know, as a cognitive therapist, I really, really emphasize the what, how your thoughts impact how you feel and what you say impacts how you feel. So allowing in your words to hold the golden and of having a great day, um, really wish though that I could be doing more or something like that is important for helping your nervous system get used to this, this and. So that's the first thing. The second thing that I want, we think we talked about this before, is for people to understand that there is no one person who is making your situation worse. I mean, same with the divorce. Like, even if you're pro-mask, anti-mask, pro-vax, anti-vax, that situation is not what's making everything worse. There is not one thing that is making everything worse. And if you find that watching the news, hearing about somebody on the opposite side 
enrages you, please don't listen to it. We don't need more angry people. We need more action. We need more connection. We need more people. And there are people working on that. You're probably not, I'm not sure, maybe you are, but you're probably not that person. And so protect your nervous system and all the other people who you spend time with who are impacted by your nervous system. Don't go there. Our nervous system has in trauma, has this desire to understand and to go towards the pain so it can kind of fix it and make it better. So watching something that you know, you know, how many times people, I shouldn't read this or I shouldn't listen. Don't. Stay tuned for more from Susan and her special guest, Dr. Elizabeth Cohen, with more tips on coping with the never-ending divorce. Connecting and, and being with other people in on Zoom or with other in other spaces is so essential for getting through a traumatic time. If you are enjoying this episode, check out Divorce. What do I do? The divorce course, of course, with Kate Anthony. When you're going through a divorce, like for most people, for many people, this is their first time at the rodeo, right? They don't know anything about this. And it's like, they gotta have a crash course in it in the midst of like massive emotional upheaval and and fear and you know all of the fears, right? And so this is sort of one-stop shopping for that. And now we return to today's show. If you have your states, you know, text on your phone where you get announcements about something you need to know, you know, just be kind to your nervous system. Don't, and anytime you find yourself thinking, ah, it won't be that bad, it will be that bad. <laughs> like we are terrible, um, cognitive science shows, we are terrible at assessing how much something will impact us. We, we minimize how things impact us and they impact us so much more. So the first, that's the cognitive one. The behavioral one is about avoiding. The other, the other one that I just want to let people know is that connecting and, and being with other people in on Zoom or with other in other spaces is so essential for getting through a traumatic time. We want to tend and befriend. We want to connect and we want to feel supported. And we all have burnout. Like we all have Zoom burnout. We all so pick up the phone and go for a walk and chat with your friend. Do something that connects you to the present moment. A lot of what happens in trauma is we try to figure out what's going to happen in the future. We ruminate about the past or other people. The number one technique I've been telling all my clients is. What's happening in your life right now? And what can you control in your day-to-day? Just bringing it right back into you because we get so focused on others and the bigger picture. And again, unless you're on the you know Biden's COVID-19 committee, which if you are, awesome holler, like so glad you're here. But if you're not, like you don't have to be following, like you need to be focusing on what's happening in your life. What do you need to be doing to be kinder to yourself? What do you need to be doing for your, if you have children or family members that you're caring to take care of them? Get back into your life. Get out of everyone else's business because we know you can't control that anyway. Right. I mean, it's, it, there's, it's so interesting to me how this 
so closely parallels the divorce process or any other traumatic event that might come along in our lives. And, you know, how many times have we said you can only control yourself? You can't control others. I mean, there's, it's, it's amazing how our, uh, you know, what rings true in one situation carries over to, uh, yes. to other situations. And just to kind of vent for a minute, I feel really frustrated that some places, some schools still have home ec or where, you know, where you learn how to, you know, build a stool, my friends, my kid's friend is doing or bake something, but not emotion regulation skills, not what do you do when things get hard? You know, because part of this is we're all thinking, wait, we've been promised that everything's supposed to be easy all the time or, or good all the time. I mean, especially if you're from a systemically oppressed group, you, you that is not your experience. But from as a privileged white person, that has certainly been my experience. Like things should just be easy. So when I had my divorce and when the COVID, it's like, who, what is this? It's like, this is life, but we weren't taught emotion regulation skills. And that's why I think so many people are coming to therapy now because they need the skills and we don't teach that to our, to our children. No. And that's, Another great point here is because we've been talking about what you can do for yourself, but for those who have family members who are struggling, I have a few members, as I mentioned, of my family who, you know, COVID has exacerbated already pre-existing mental health conditions, and it's very, very difficult for them And it's very difficult for them to find help. But one of the things that we can do is share these tips that, you know, as simple as they sound to people. And I know, you know, for me, a simple tip is the best tip because it's easy to apply. Here you've given us three quick tips that can be applied, not just in your life, share them with your kids. Help your kids as they're going through this. Because, you know, if we want to talk about our generation being um, thinking that everything was supposed to be easy, I have to tell you, the younger generation where everything's been available to them in, you know, Amazon delivers and I can download the movie I want and watch it in two seconds and somebody can send me money. You know, this 18 months of ongoing torture uh, where they can't even leave their house or go to school or see their friends. Just imagine what that's been like for them. Right. And to really, for anyone in your life who's struggling and anyone you're in charge of caring for you love, you know, first ask them what kind of support they need. Similarly to if you're going through a divorce, you can't, we can't assume what anyone needs. I mean, some people will say, I need to go, I need to get out of the house. Some people don't want to get out of the house. Some people might feel more comfortable with a phone call. Like really be curious. And I think this is the other thing we've gotten. So I don't know. I, I, we talked about this earlier. Like if you're doing an event or you're, if you're spending time with anyone, it's like you have, if you have your ideas, they're supposed to match up with the other person. They don't have to match up with the other person. This is in some ways a very good practice, especially for women on asserting their needs. Like I'm a mask person. If you don't want to wear masks, that's cool for you, but I am. Like it's actually a really good practice teaching kids how to, and, and yourself, how to advocate for yourself and not judge and just say, I don't feel comfortable here. I don't feel safe. I mean, this is a consent conversation essentially. And so learning how to do that and learning how to deal with someone's response. Without arguing 
or without getting angry, without oh, turning right. it into a right. life or, you know, a, a knockdown drag out. I mean, we've seen the people who are grabbing other people's masks and yes. wearing them off their face and, you know, right. the threats and violence. And, you know, I, I, I think that's really important what you just said there, that when, you know, you are faced with these situations where you are feeling that it's, it's not the way you want it to be. You have the choice to remove yourself. You have the choice to not stay, not be a part of that particular, whatever that might be. You have choices other than arguing with people, telling, because that's the other thing, Which doesn't work. That's exactly, it doesn't work. Decades, decades and decades of research on conflict resolution, you know this better than me, will tell you that arguing does not get two people on the same page and that it takes a lot of time for people. So give it up, like give it, unless you want to go into this professionally, like please give up the fighting this one person. And I think that's the other thing we're losing sight of people being more than just vax, not vax, um, mass, not mass. Right. And this is the root of a lot of rape of other, other, other isms, racism, sexism, fat phobia, that people are more than just one thing. And so if you don't feel comfortable being with someone who's masked, not masked, whatever it might be, that's your personal choice. But once you start judging that other person, you're, you're really losing your own humanity because you're not acknowledging all of them which it, and inevitably in some day, you're not going to be able to acknowledge all of yours. Like we just know in psychology that if you judge other people, you're judging yourself even harder. So do yourself a compassionate, loving thing and stop judging other people. Focus on your own stuff, just like in divorce. Like yeah. you have, I'm sure you have plenty. I mean, if you are someone out there who has nothing to work on on themselves, give me a call. Let me know. I'd like to meet you as someone who's always working on all the things I mess up. You've got enough to do. Let that other, and also people never change until they're ready to change. Yeah, that's very, you are not going to, I mean, those of us who have dealt with people with mental health or addiction yeah. problems, you are not going to tell your spouse to stop drinking and they're going to stop drinking because you want them to. Exactly. It's going to happen when they want it to, or it may never happen, but that's a that's another story in another right. episode. But right, yeah, no, we can't. We can't control other people, can't. no matter how desperately we try. And that's what it feels like right now, almost, that there's yes. a desperation going on. Yeah. Um, and and it's all it's doing is really exacerbating the conflict cycle as opposed to you know, bringing exactly. the conflict level down. And note it, like, I'm so glad you brought up the word desperation. That's a great, I haven't thought about that feeling. Like, that's something that if I get enraged about the situation, I'm going to start sitting with like, oh, because Susan reminded me, I feel desperate. Like that's also a feeling you can sit with, which is like, I feel like I have so few choices. I don't know. Even saying it, I feel less desperate. <laughs> like just acknowledging it. Like I don't have to take an action. It's when we take an action that we're not sitting with our feelings and knowing that they're it's okay to feel desperate. Like it's okay. Exactly. Exactly. But maybe that means I won't be so cruel to the person who really also 
is desperate and doesn't have many options. Yeah. And kind to ourselves. And, you know, it always goes back to, I had a wonderful therapist many, many years ago Mm. who always told me awareness was the beginning of healing, right? If you're not aware of what your issue is or what the problem is or the feelings that you're having and you're tamping them down with the, Here's here's my uh, my phrase. It's fine. I'm fine. Yeah, exactly. it's all fine. Okay, I'm fine. 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 Exactly. Um, you're never. I mean, it's never going to be fine. And what's fine anyway? But he, he went into a whole thing. But he, his thing was always, you know, you need the light bulb moments in your life. And so, if recognizing that you're feeling anger, disappointment, desperation, any of those things in this moment in time, it's okay that you're feeling those things. Absolutely. In in 12 steps, they talk about awareness. I always love this. Awareness, acceptance, action. Like action is the last thing. Usually we act, we act right away. That you want to be aware of how you feel, accept it, and then act. Just as your smart therapist said. So action is really down the road. Like I, and that's something I really think about a lot, which is so much of my work personal work and my work with clients is about that awareness and acceptance space. It'll be super clear what to do with the action once you've gone through that, but you have to have to start there. I just did an interview yesterday with someone and they said, how do you, how do you know yourself so well? And I thought, well, a very, very long time of pausing and noticing an action and asking, what am I feeling? Instead of just following that action, being thoughtful and reflective instead of reactive. And I think that's, definitely applicable to divorce too. Well, it is so much that I'm sitting there and I'm looking at you. For those who are um, watching the video, your book is in the background, Light on the Other Side of Divorce. And having being a big fan of the book and having read it, in um, one of the things that strikes me is there are tools, tips, and um, coping mechanisms and, and exercises in that book. Although it says Light on the Other Side of Divorce, could be applicable to light on the other side of COVID, light on the other side of this, that, or the other. It's a, it's sort of a journey through trauma and healing. I suggest people go out and get it. If you're having the issues that we're talking about today with COVID. Absolutely. I think that's a really good point. I've had people reach out to me and say, I'm not getting divorced. I'm not, you know, even married, but I'm using your book, their research supported tools to move through difficult feelings and to build more resiliency so that you can take care of yourself and therefore take better action. We've talked about how when you're going through a trauma, you are your frontal lobe, the part of your body that and brain that helps you make good decisions, helps you think rationally and slow down is, is really not online. And so these tools in the book will help you with that. So also forgive yourself if you're noticing yourself being irrational and everyone around you, by the way. Um, this is a hugely... For anyone who has children going back to school, I have to say... Um, a few things about this. One, I'm so sick of these pictures of like these perfect kids with perfect hair going off to school. Like I want to have the like, what does it look like a minute before? Like nobody's perfect. Kids don't have to be perfect. Kids don't have to be, have their stuff together. This is a deeply transitionary time for you, for them. It's going to be messy, just like a divorce, just like with kids when you're going through a divorce and you have a choice of either trying to get them to be okay and together in that forceful way or embrace the mess and be like, the next six weeks, this is what I think to myself, are going to be messy. There'll be some fun times and there'll be some huge fights. 
and there'll be some messiness also, a physical space. Like I'm just going to accept it and acknowledge it and know that it's part of the process. Life is messy. There, there's the sampler, everyone, to put on the wall. We always get one good like, like mic drop from Dr. Elizabeth. Life is messy. If you didn't know it, we are living in the middle of a teenager's bedroom right now, folks. Exactly. And you can either acknowledge it and accept it and notice how you feel about it or resist it. But I promise you, if you do the former, you will be happier and you will step into whatever this next stage is, just like after divorce. We don't know. You know, I keep thinking we're going to have this hindsight of looking back and thinking, remember during COVID, we're not there yet. You're, we're in it. And so we will move through this. We will move through this together. The question is, are you going to be on your own side and really help you through it? Or are you going to be focused on everyone else? Same thing we t- you and I talk about all the time about divorce. Are you going to put the focus on you or on your ex? This is the time, as with all times of, of trauma, you, 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 you. Make it about yes. me, 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 me. Do your, do your singing. Yes. Me, 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 me. <laughs> um, so... Thank you again, Dr. Elizabeth. I'm so glad we talked. I actually feel better. I I had an anger explosion. I won't even go into the details of it, but somebody said something rude to my niece the other day and I went nuts, like way beyond you know, what you would normally see out of me. My my poor niece was like, whoa, Aunt Susan is a little nuts. Um, and I think it's just you know, I'm I'm as caught up in everything as anyone else right now. So these tips are, as always, things that I'm going to take from our conversation and start applying to my life. Um, please let people know the best way to reach out to you, how to get the book. I mean, yeah. it's it's on my website, everybody. Yeah, it's all exactly. over. It's but... all over Susan's stuff, as you probably know. But um, I really do want to recommend that people go to bookshop.com, which is a conglomerate of small bookstores um, to get the book. It's light on the other side of divorce, discovering the new you. And as we said, but really has tools and tips for healing through anything. Um, and you can reach me and ask me any questions you want at drelizabethcohen.com. That's D-R and at the divorce doctor on Instagram. And I'm happy to support in any way that I can. And um, again, Susan, thank you so much for this important conversation, which I really don't get to have beyond my one-on-one sessions with people. So I love having this ability. And thanks for creating this space for your audience. Uh, well, I love it. I love our conversation. I love you. And I so appreciate the support you give my listeners because I, I know the effect that you have on them. They reach out to me. They let me know. I just talked to a colleague last night who says she feels like she knows the two of us. Um, and she was just talking. I was telling her about this episode, so I'm going to let her know it's coming. Um, so everybody, as uh, I will put, as always, all of the information in the show notes. Um, but please reach out to Dr. Elizabeth, to me, and and she'll be back. You know she will. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond. Thank you.